The Son of Neptune, Chapter 17, Hazel. Hazel hated boats. She got seasick so easily it was more like sea plague. She hadn't mentioned this to Percy. She didn't Hi, I'm to... Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Just like <laughs> any, like the end of that, like, no roads. No roads. <laughs> None at all. I was like, never. I don't want to take too much time. Just read the last sentence, but I'll just stop here. <laughs> never been a road. No road. True. That's actually our new campaign. We've moved on from no New Jersey to no roads. No roads. Ever. Mm-hmm. At all. Simply fly. Figure it out. <laughs> the automobile industry ruined America. Down with roads. Fuck force. We're no. starting off today with some hot, unrelated takes. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ava and Neve, how are we doing this week? Doing good. I like have nothing to report. I'm on a journey to 400 stars on the Starbucks Rewards app because I got 200 and was like, hell yeah, free, um, like free portable mug time. No, uh, you need 400 to get a free travel mug. And I was like, you know what? I am halfway there. I'm <laughs> going. To try and get 400 before some of my stars expire this, I think it's April. So, so I think I can do it. I mean, if you're looking for, like, ways to, to spend money, you could, like, mobile order me Starbucks. Or, like, me. <laughs> and myself. <laughs> but, yeah. Anytime we go to Starbucks this semester, I will, I like, just Venmo me and I will pay so I get the Starbucks. I mean, that's literally what I do when we go, whenever we go to Dunkin'. I have a, one of our friends always goes to Dunkin' with me and I always pay and she pays me back because we kind of have a deal where I pay at Dunkin' and she pays at Starbucks so we can each get our rewards at the individual places. I've gotten so many free coffees by just paying for people and having them Venmo me at Dunkin'. It's great. Well, that's going to be my arc this semester because I want a free travel mug. That's a little it's like not free because I'm spending so much money to get it, but it's okay. It's fine. It's a little it's crazy. The world, actually, the world's most expensive travel mug, probably. True. Mm-hmm. No, but it's it's a little wild that we're talking about free drinks because I got this for free. This is a Starbucks drink. I literally got it like an hour ago. Like I had a voice lesson this morning um, and I was like, mm, you know what I'm going to do? is mobile order because I, I got a gift card for Christmas. So I was like, okay. Um, but then it said, do, do you want to use your 150 stars? And I was like, absolutely I do. So I have, this is an amazing, okay. Listeners, <laughs> this is my plug. Um, my friend Lily came up with this. So credit to her, but I'm obsessed with it. It's a mango dragon fruit lemonade with vanilla in it. It tastes like cotton candy adjacent. Like it's so good. Um, Anyway, got it for free. Also eating some soup. Having a good day. How are you, Raiden? I was like, that sounds great, but also, like, something that I would not be able to drink. You know? Like, I, I don't like, like... So that's fair. Yeah, it's like, I, I, if you like sweet things, I'm sure it's great. I, like, I'm literally drinking black coffee <laughs> right now. We are different. <laughs> I like to, like, kind of not enjoy the things I'm drinking. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Um, 
I'm doing all right. I got a I got a COVID test this morning to go back to campus. Um, that was fun. I've never done one of the CVS tests before. It's almost like too professional and organized where like it, it feels too normal. Like you drive up to the thing, you like they give you the stuff through the little box. They she gives you the steps. They give you a glove so that you drive then to like the next little box and you have to open that with a glove and put it in. Like they've installed infrastructure in the CVSs that are like simply for COVID testing. And that felt feels so normal and how easy it is to just like go through it. Like that you can do it through a drive through. I don't know. That freaks me out a little lot. Yeah. Neve and I, and one of our roommates did um, something like that last semester. We, yeah. It was at Rite Aid though. Oh, was it? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh my God, but I, I will like, CVS and Rite Aid drive-through tests are creepy, but I went into the city recently and I heard that they had like, I just heard they had put in a bunch of new accessible pop-up testing sites. And I was like, oh, great. They're just on the fucking street. <laughs> like it's a tent. It's a tent, but no protection. There's just people like just on the, on the road, just it's on the sidewalk. They literally just set up a tent on the sidewalk. There's not even like a separate place that you go take the test. So there's just like lines of people. And we were like, this seems a little unsanitary. It's just very scary. But yeah, the, the methods they're using recently are very creepy. I've I've always done mine at the mall. Like the mall near me has like at the ab- abandoned JCPenney's entrance. Like Aww. just like a, a drive through situation there. But then that's just like someone standing at the window and handing you stuff. Yeah. And, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had one at CVS, but, like, they hadn't set it up yet. So it was literally just a guy standing outside CVS being like, here's a cotton swab. I do like that we've moved past other people sticking things in my nose. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, do it yourself. (laughs) I know you were talking about COVID, but I did have a moment of, like, wait, what was going up your nose? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. <laughs> uh, this week we are discussing The Son of Neptune, chapters 17 through 20, through the the perspective of Hazel, um, through the theme of... I forgot to pull it up. What's the theme? Pacifism. Motherhood. It's motherhood. motherhood. Pacifism motherhood. is next week. It's motherhood. Oh, that's exciting. Pacifism. Um... Through the theme of motherhood. And we are joined by one of our favorite guests. You heard a little bit of her voice earlier. It's Fran. Please introduce yourself for anyone who is is silly enough to not know you. I almost said stupid, (laughs) but I didn't want to alienate our audience. (laughs) Don't worry, I do that enough already. So like I feel like every episode I come on, I'm like, I feel like I've like destroyed your audience as much as I've destroyed my own. But um, yeah, no, uh, thank you guys for having me on. This is great. Um, yeah, for, for people who may recognize my voice from previous collabs that we have done. Um, I don't know what that accent was, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am uh, Fran from the Best Damn Camp podcast. I am one of the two 
are there three now? I think there are only two. Two British podcasters with uh, Through the Mist with Owen being the other. Um, and I am a controversial podcaster of the Percy Jackson nature in that I don't care about people's feelings and disrespect the books on a regular occasion because there are problems. But um, people aren't ready. And I've learned many occasions they are not ready. But you know what? FM. So <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Ready to bring chaos. Yay. <laughs> I also want to note for the audience, Fran is also an author and Yay. you should pre-order her book. I'll put, I'll, uh, Echoes of the Past, is that correct? It That's is. the title, right? Yes, oh, yeah. you should pre-order it. Um, And Woo. I'll put the link in the bio if I remember. I'll try to remember. Um. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I did not know you were going to do that. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh. Well, uh, now I'm shy. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> now, that, now that I've done something nice for you, time to do something mean to you, and it's time for you to recap the chapters. Okay, that's what I, was yeah. about, I thought it was going to be. I was like, wait, am I going to have to like <laughs> explain what my book is? Because I don't know half the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, what's something meaner that you could do to you on a podcast? Honestly, <laughs> I probably haven't already done to myself. <laughs> oh, I don't know where the connotations for that were going for. Anyway, let's move on. I will do this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, apparently, yes. All right. Three, two, one, go. So Hazel has seasickness because... Fair enough, boats are weird and they should not exist. And they are on a little rowboat going to on their quest in the directions that they aren't they're kind of aware of that they've got to head to the Alaskan plane, but uh things don't go well because Hazel decides, yeah, let's think about my past because that's not led to bad decisions in the past. And uh goes back into a memory of being in Alaska with her mother, who is being possessed by the voice, not the talent show, a different kind of voice. And um they're having to bring something out of the ground and it's built out with all the minerals that Hazel can bring out of the ground. And just in general, it's not great and she's having a terrible time. Frank finds out there is babies and evil and stuff and snakes. <laughs> nice. My favorite part of everyone's recap is when I hold up the five second warning and you just people just throw in like the last few details and it just <laughs> becomes nonsensical. I love it. That was so good. Bad things, babies and snakes. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I I think that summed it up pretty well because like the the chapter 17 is like the meat of these chapters and you covered yeah, that yeah. thoroughly. And then oh. the next three chapters are kind of like do to do to do. Yeah, with a lot of, with a lot of swearing jokes, which I'm like, I do appreciate. A lot of schist jokes. <laughs> a lot of schist. I would also like to point out that we have now gone on record in the, in one podcast, and we are now both anti road transportation and sea transportation. Um, <laughs> I like boats. Oh, I don't. I I was I was so ready to jump on the on with with Fran anti boats. I love boats. Boats are the only I form like of boats. They're my I grew up by the ocean, though, so I kind of had no choice. Yeah. yeah. I just have horrible seasickness. Yeah. Me, I'm afraid of water. So, like, that's actually, like, bodies of water, 
I'm like, no. I went on a boat once and we went slightly out into the water and I started crying. I was like, no, I don't want to die. So they had to take me back because I was freaking out so much to the point that I ruined the holiday for everyone. But, you know, that's what I do. So um, (laughs) that was was fun, but it's happened a lot. (laughs) I always fall off them. Like I've fallen off so many things into water. Like I was on like a jet ski and I fell off. (laughs) <laughs> but I did have like a like little the life jacket thingy, so I didn't die. <laughs> well, obviously, but like it's been a few times. Like I nearly drowned in a bath, which was an inexperience. <laughs> so like, yeah, I I'm a mess. Uh, it's fun, so it's fine. But that's why I have a fear of water. So Percy is not my favorite for that reason. <laughs> I feel like I only like boats because of exposure therapy. Like if, if I gave any sign of weakness, I went, I had to go on boats so often based on where I grew up, I would get made fun of. So it was just like, fear has to go away. (laughs) So I've always loved boats. I mean, I live in a coastal state and we have a bay, but I'm not like on the shore. So I don't know why I like boats so much, but I remember like the first time I went on when I was like, this is it. I was like, this is my favorite mode of transportation because you're, you feel all the air. There's like the water, like breeze in your face and you're like moving so quick. Like I, it's so weird. Cause like I am picky with my roller coasters. Like I get kind of nauseous on those, but I don't get seasick at all. So am I a child of Poseidon? No, but maybe I could be. <laughs> Here's a brief and non-extensive list of things that I've gotten seasick on. One, Cali River Rapids at Disney. No. Two, two any roller coaster I've been on. Three, a boat in uh, Key Largo uh, where I went snorkeling on a school trip. Uh, four, actually being in the water snorkeling on the school trip, getting seasick. <laughs> Five, tubing on a river. Six swings. Oh, swings are are bad for the straight in. <laughs> Should I keep going? <laughs> I think we got the message. I think we got the message. Oh, the swings one made made me so sad. I loved swings as a kid. No, I did fall I, off. The I ball, also though. love swings. You fall fall off them a lot though. I, yeah, Somewhat it seems. I seem to sense a trend. Yeah, I, know, I was like, there are some fun traits about about the people here today. <laughs> Seasick all the time, falls off everything. I do. I'm surprised I've never broken a bone. Like, I fell out of a 10-foot tree, and I just got winded, and, like, no issue whatsoever. Um, (laughs) It's because you've had a lot of practice falling out of things. You're very resilient. Bouncy. Have you fallen off of a treadmill? A treadmill, oh, yeah. It's the worst. I fell off a treadmill... Listen to this. Okay. Um, POV, you're me. You're at your grandparents' house for their 50th anniversary, two days before Christmas. Okay. And you're like in like elementary school and like you're, you and your cousins are like playing on the treadmill, like seeing like how fast you can go, whatever. And which is stupid. (laughs) And you absolutely wipe the fuck out, land on your shoulder rip up your like rotator cuff oh my god it was so bad i was like laying on the ground and i was like my mom was like you were the palest i've ever seen you in your life and um and then like you get like 
you walk upstairs like slowly you like lay on a guest bed the bed breaks and you're like i really can't have any nice things and then you have to wear a sling to school for the next like four weeks so i have uh, i think i've learned from that incident <laughs> i don't fall that often anymore really was bad. I, i've got to say at least it was a slightly justifiable in that you were a child Mine was literally a couple of months before the pandemic started. Oh, no. So I was like 25. <laughs> no, wait, no, I'm 26. Yeah, no, wait, no. Because we've been in it for two we've years. We've been in a pandemic 24. for two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was 24. Time isn't real. And that happened. So um, there's no excuse. <laughs> I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I, I was vibing to a song and forgot that I was on a treadmill and just stopped walking. <laughs> and just <laughs> went just went back and um thankfully there was no one around but it definitely got caught on cctv and i've had many things caught on cctv of me doing stupid shit there was one where i sneezed so hard i fell over and my man oh my god one time i sneezed and my contact came out <laughs> This is gonna be really powerful. It's kind of it's kind of unnerving how strong they can be. But it got caught on CCTV by my managers at where I worked in retail. And they saved a copy, so they forever have a copy. Like it's like they took it off the thing and recorded it specifically so they would have it and kept it because apparently they have like a wall of like stupid things people have done on their CCTV. And I've been added to that wall. So it was uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't think I've ever really, like, thought about, like, I know that there's cameras at work, but I haven't really thought about it. I'm not doing illegal things or things that would get me fired, but, like, it was slow the other day. I had my, like, uh, headphones in, and we all know the, like, uh, so hot you're hurting dance that's trending on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I was just doing that behind the bar. Because <laughs> there was no one there, and I was bored. And like so that i i my managers don't sit and watch the the videos a lot they only really look at them if something happens but like it is highly possible that i do know the owner the owner like he owns a, a chain of restaurants and he sometimes just like he has a remote access to all the videos and he sometimes just peeks in and watches just like imagine him just like deciding like oh i'm just gonna check and see how how the the Western Mass location is doing. It just sees me like behind the bar doing a TikTok dance. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! <laughs> oh my god! Show us the TikTok dance. No, absolutely not. I'm a guest. <laughs> Speaking of of dances, what songs did we bring this week? Nice. I thought that was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I can go. Oh, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm because I'm very confident in my pick this week. Usually, I kind of like second guess myself when I hear other people's. Um, no, but I came up with this when I was making a playlist this morning, and I it's a okay. I didn't know it before, like a couple months ago, but I'm absolutely obsessed with it. It's a song called "Curses" by the Crane Wives. <laughs> Um, and it's so good. It's so like jazzy and it like, 
It's about curses. Like, and it mentions fire. And, like, come on. Like, we knock out two characters right there. And it's, like, kind of existential. Like, there's this one lyric. It's, like, ashes, ashes, dust to dust. Like, something. I don't remember. Um, But it's... It fits perfectly. Just go listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> and with that, she picks up her soup. <laughs> she <ends> up <laughs> continues to eat. <laughs> um, I for my for my pick this week, I I cycled between a a variety of different Dodie Clark songs because all of her most of her songs make me want to cry in the way that like they're so beautiful and sad that I'm like, oh my God. Um, So I landed, yeah. This might fit better in a different chapter, but it's just really pretty. So I want to make sure it ends up on this playlist. Um, It's a song called Anything, I'll Fill the Problem. Um, I just feel like it applies to so, like, like so many of the major themes in this book. The chorus is, I would do anything to be with you, like over and over again. And you know, Hazel, this is an awful chapter for her. <laughs> so I think just like putting a sad song in there is appropriate. But like her motivations were to try and save her mom and things went horribly wrong. This is such a chapter 17. As Ava said last night, I cannot believe this is a children's book. <laughs> Literally. I made the mistake of reading it at like three in the morning. I did not sleep for like another mm, hour like it was bad because what, what what was the text that i sent to this oh after 17 at 3 a.m hits different and by different i mean literally chilling and too sad for a kid's book and then brayden said it's borderline horror which it is like, <laughs> graphic and okay i would call it psychological horror oh yeah than, absolutely like, just oh oh <laughs> yeah uh. and also like Dodie clark's music is very sad but pretty and I just feel like we needed a little, it needed a little pretty in these chapters. We can't, it's so sad. So yeah, that's my pick. I, I also went the, like, what is one of the, what I was like, what is the saddest song I can find? Cause Ooh. I was like, I need a song for the moment where Hazel is making the cave collapse and her, like she's hugging her mom and they're dying. It's so cinematic. It's so sad. And their lungs fill with oil. Oh, oh. my God. Um, I picked uh, California by Chapel Rowan. I love Chapel. Oh, my God. I love Chapel Rowan. Right? She's releasing a new song tonight. Really? Yes, she is. I saw her open for Declan McKenna, and I love her. Oh. I love her. She's great. California is one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. I don't know it. it. Crazy. So, I love her. It's, so it's about um, it's it's about a lot of the themes that Hazel is dealing with. It is about um, not being able to get the things that you were told you would get, like by the world, like when you grow up. Oh. Like it's about being homesick. It is about um, not being able to to make your parents proud. And it, it has, oh, let me, uh, I'm try, not trying to play it. I, I need to read some of the lyrics because it's, it's so sad, which is funny because uh, Chapel Rowan also has written 
like the happiest song I know, which is Pink Pony Glow. Yep. <laughs> which is also amazing, but it's also kind of sad. Yeah. But it's I I but it's it's just crazy um how these are the, both songs by her. And I'm so excited for her new song. She's posted like a little bit of it on TikTok and she's been teasing it for like weeks. Um it'll be have been out for months by the time this episode comes out though. So <laughs> um it's uh come get me out of California. No leaves are brown. I miss the seasons in Missouri, my dying town. Which felt yeah. like it's obviously like different locations than uh, New Orleans and Alaska, but like the sentiment really still feels there. I don't know. It was sad and mm-hmm. I loved it. It's the dying town part. Yeah. It's like, just like picture that song as they're dying in like slow motion, like the cave crumbling around them. But if they ever adapt here as Olympus, that's going to kill me. <laughs> I know. They should do. I, I say this all the time. Heroes of Olympus should be adapted as an animation, but it should be in the style because we've watched. Me and Brandon have watched Arcane. I'm guess. Neve, did you say you've watched Arcane as well? No, I haven't. Okay, so just me and Brandon understand. <laughs> <laughs> but the animation style for Arcane for Heroes of Olympus that scene because of how like how well they've done like visuals in Arcane that scene in that style of them slowly dying and being suffocated in that animation style would be beautifully heartbreaking. And I would hate the entire series because of that scene. <laughs> I would be resentful of what they've done to me after seeing that, as I am from reading it. Um, so, you know, fun. Um, I've got a song as well, by the way, if, if that's... Yay! Okay. Yes, okay. Yes! <laughs> uh, I know there's a few oh, Olivia Rodrigo uh, fans in here, so... I feel like this is going to be a controversial thing <laughs> because I've mentioned it to so many people. I'm like, oh God, no. I'm a fan of Joshua Bassett and people don't like me now. <laughs> I, I'm i also, fa- I really like Joshua Bassett's music. Oh, my God. Good. I'm okay. not good. My thing is like, I'm not an Olivia Rodrigo stan. Like I listened to the album like everybody else did. And I do stan Favorite Crime. However, I don't care that much about the rest of the album to like have emotional stake in this so okay okay that's good um so (laughs) it's the song set me free from the three um song ep Mm. just because it was a really good ep it was so good and this song in particular i literally i watched the music video and listened to the song and then when it finished i paused it sat there for a period of time and then my mum walked in and was like oh what's going on and i just burst into tears (laughs) and she was like I've, like she'd only been she'd literally just been upstairs and come down she's like what the hell has happened in like the last five six minutes i've been away but it's um the lyrics from uh the, the specific part of like i've been running away i've been facing my fears tell my mama i'm okay while i'm holding back tears it's been a fucking year i was like that is hazel because she has been stuck with like the voice in with her mother not really having anywhere to go being beaten up by the kids and adults of alaska which racism amazing oh no wait hold on sarcasm that was sarcasm no i wasn't <laughs> realized how that sounded briefly as i like, wait that no i don't think i sounded sarcastic enough for that um but just like all the stuff she's been going through with it i feel like that just fits really well and it just i think it was like a year that they were there in alaska of like her continuously being forced to like this island to 
bring up all these minerals to bring something to life. Yeah, um, it seemed like not quite a year because she she never yeah. turned 14. Yes. But she I know she turns 14 sometime after Sun of Neptune or something like that. Or she has she at this point yet? I don't remember. I feel like she's she is still 13, because okay. I think they say that in the last chapters. Yeah. And Frank is still 16. Yeah. Which is like based on the timeline, because her birthday's December. She should actually be 14 at this point. If she was going to be 14 after that summer of them in Alaska, she should be 14 by now. Because she's been at camp before Frank. And they've definitely passed December at this point. So it should have been her birthday. So she should be 14 now. But Rick Rowden, kindest way, doesn't understand how time works. So (laughs) he he gets the ages wrong a lot. I I think this is the point where Nico's been aged up as well. So it's like, no. Okay, well... Okay, the um, Riordan fandom wiki says she's 15 in the biographical information. So does that mean 15 by the end of Trials of Apollo? I would assume so, yeah. So unclear how... because Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah they've aged her really badly because it's not Christmas time in Trials of Apollo. Like, it's been... Six months since the events of Blood of Olympus, and then Trials of Apollo takes place after six months, and Blood of Olympus takes place in the summer. So I know that. So she should be fourteen at this point in Son of Neptune. Rick, he <laughs> does so badly. She should be fourteen, based on the timeline. Oh my god. Okay. Here, okay. Here's the breakdown of so someone one on the internet did the research and I'm going to trust them of how old everyone is by the end of Heroes of Olympus. Percy's about to turn 17 by, by the end. And this all happens in mm. like, these books happen over the course of like a couple months, like over the summer. Yeah. From Mark of Athena, isn't it? It's Mark of Athena to the Blood of Olympus. is like a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. Annabeth is like turned 17 or like just turned 17. Leo 16, Leo Piper Jason are 16, Frank is 16. Hey, it, there's it seems to be controversial whether Hazel is 13 or 14. Yeah, Hazel, she like there's be like, 14. And then Nico's age is weird and hard to keep track of, is what everyone says. But Rick has gone on record and said that because there's like a Nico Will age gap uh, accused by accusations um he's around 14 slash 15 because we never get real confirmation of nico's age because we just get percy saying he looks like he's 10 Mm, yeah uh but it seems to be he's 14 or 15 by the end of heroes olympus reyna no one knows i think i read she's 16 it's like I yeah I see a lot of like sixteen maybe seventeen. Maybe. They're, they're basically they're all around the same age except Hazel is definitely at least two years younger than most of them, mm. yeah. and and Nico is like a year or two younger than than the majority age of sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. 
the amount of it's time on this podcast we've taken, <laughs> taken like discussing the ages of the characters is incredible yeah i've had that a few times i think on on mine mainly of ranting being like rick what have you done <laughs> Um, but then also being like a writer, I'm like, this is why you write things down. <laughs> this is how you track time. That's write like, it down. Also, like Percy is a grade below what he's supposed to be. Like he's now supposedly going into sophomore year, but he should be going into junior year if he's turning 17. Yeah. And then they do mess it up in Transfer Apollo by having it that he's going to university. Or college, or like the new Rome College, or whatever it's called. So, like yeah. that ages him to closer to eighteen. At that point, it was like, "What have you done? <laughs> what have you done?" Anyways, sorry, I derailed that so bad. I'm my bad. No, it's important to know. We just—it's important to get a grasp of what the real age difference is between Hazel and Frank. Yeah, yeah. It upsets me. <laughs> Because their relationship is so, like later on when that comes to it, it's it's so it's pretty well developed. But then Rick ruins it. <laughs> he just could have made her like one or two years older, yeah. and it would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we dive into our further discussion, I I wanna we forgot to tell Fran this before we started. Um, we are Ava has not read what we up to this point now so we're going to be trying to keep the spoilers under wraps i should we should have told you before My we started <laughs> no you you haven't spoiled anything yet no but. there and there are some things i know um okay but you're good okay noted judy <laughs> <laughs> okay now knowing that what were our favorite moments in these chapters seeing hazel's history yeah like even with how sad it is and i am at the stage where i'm like why does every single character in heroes of them have to have like a really tragic backstory stop um at the same time like hazel's is the most interesting backstory like i think like considering how tragic it is it's also the most well-written backstory like i think she's the only one who has this really detailed backstory of her life prior to everything that's happened in the current book but everything that she goes through and just the amount of power that she has. Like, whenever people talk about the most powerful characters, it's always, like, Percy, Jason, blah, 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 blah. But then there's Hazel, who has never brought up into that discussion. I'm like, Hazel literally stopped a giant from resurrecting whilst also being responsible for why it nearly resurrected. Like, that's an insane amount of power recognize it people (laughs) exactly crazy um and i just like seeing that just like seeing the development that comes from that as well as the fact that of like her having this complicated relationship with her family like with her mum um is it marie or maria because i get confused because her and nico have like a very similar mother name i think it's marie (laughs) marie okay yeah um, Look at Hades. He he knows how to to date multiple people at once. Same people with basically the same name. Cool. <laughs> smart man, smart man. <laughs> um, but just seeing her complicated relationship with her, but also her somewhat complicated relationship with Nico in this chapter as well of like recognizing and kind of we've seen it a little bit earlier, like her not her jealousy, but her 
sadness at like not being the first priority sibling wise for Nico because he's still hyper focused on his relationship with Bianca because obviously they grew up more together but just seeing how complicated these relationships are for her and the stress and anxiety and even like the sort of surrender she has of this idea that Thanatos is gonna take her back to the underworld after this quest is done and the sort of acceptance and that is going to happen um is I think just shows how strong she is as a person I just I just I love Hazel he does not get enough love in this fandom and it's it's a shame because she should she should have it that is the end of my TED talk (laughs) I agree I love Hazel she's literally my favorite character in all of these in Heroes of Olympus like such so interesting. Oh, love her. <laughs> I know. I think I think she's one of I think Rick does not develop all of the seven well um and equally, um, particularly Frank and Leo. Um but Hazel is not one of those people who get who get who gets dropped. Hazel Hazel just has such a great arc throughout the series. Um and I think Return to Camp Half Blood tweeted this recently. Um, <laughs> so you, babe, yes, it's you. Um, <laughs> that that if Hazel was the the villain of Heroes of Olympus, everyone would, the seven would be dead. Oh yeah, true. She crushed mm-hmm. in an instant. Exactly. Literally. Like without question, and in a self sacrificial way. So she she could kill them all, whilst also putting herself at risk because she is not afraid to do that. She's like, I'll take you down alongside myself. I'm not afraid to die. I've done it already. So yeah. death yeah. to all. Yeah. <laughs> She's so badass. She is. I feel like this is the whole thing that every, like lots of people in the fan discuss in relation to Heroes Olympus, of like in relation to which Camp Half-Blood and which Camp Jupiter person represents the other. And like 100%, Hazel and Annabeth, oh my God, if they joined forces, no one would survive. No one would survive. They would destroy everyone with like a single idea. I'm here for that girl boss behavior. And I'm disappointed (laughs) that we have not seen it. Um, Hazel needs more female friends as well, I feel. I agree with that. I really do. Female friendship. Where is it? Here is Olympus. (laughs) Literally. So powerful. I would like... See, and, like, I don't know, obviously, if this happens, but I would like Piper and Reyna to be friends. Oh, that would be so cool. This, oh, yeah. All the female characters, like, just get rid of... No offense to Percy, although I continuously offend him in my podcast. <laughs> and, and, and no offense to the male characters. Just remove them and just replace them with the other female characters of, like, Reyna. Like, have Annabeth replace like jason or and leo just remove both of them in lost like <laughs> lost hero and just put annabeth and piper going on that journey this is annabeth, annabeth and piper girl awesome. boss trip oh, yeah. i love it a girl boss beth reigns supreme that's so funny <laughs> and in this case um love frank you're right Percy is fine. Um, just replace them with Raina. Just have Raina and Hazel go on the journey. Just like these these two girl bossy behaviors, and then they join together. And instead of the seven, it's the four. And then more, they'll they'll do more. Like they'll get it sorted in like a day. I agree. The, you know, 
Just saying. <laughs> if you ever want to rewrite it, you know, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. I, I do have to say, I would like to keep Percy around. <laughs> Even though we we have also gone on the record as a podcast on we hate we hated Percy for an entire book series. Not hated, but we 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 kept him honest for an entire <laughs> yeah. book series. We Percy did. is that like boyfriend who's kind of problematic, but like you're willing to fix him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had to ride on him though. We really did. Yeah, there were just did. certain books that he like really Titan's yeah. Curse. Titan's Curse. And Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Oh god. Literally, he was just there to like be annoying and like bring up bad ideas. And then at the end, like fix everything. Yep. And then Labyrinth, it was uh, to gaslight Annabeth with her feelings. Yeah. He truly is gaslight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is gaslight. <laughs> he's gaslight you know, without he... knowing what that means. <laughs> True. In a way, he's girl boss as well. Just because I think girl boss is gender neutral. And for the evidence I present to you, Tony Stark... Um, <laughs> I have such strong feelings that Tony Stark is a girl boss. Um, and I feel like Percy's a girl boss in a similar way. But he, f- like, f- you know, for the most part, he is gaslight. I agree. I I see what you're saying about Tony being a girl boss. But I think once they introduce Peter Parker, Peter Parker's almost more of a girl boss Mm-hmm. in a traditional sense in relation to Tony Stark dynamically but that's all I'll say Peter Parker is the is the girl boss and Tony Stark in their film uh, in Spider-Man's films is the gatekeep oh yes <laughs> and <Okay>. Gaslight <laughs> you got Peter as the girl boss and Tony covering the other two <laughs> that's all he does in both of those Spider-Man movies. I haven't seen them yet. I'm working, well, these two know this, but I'm working my way through the Marvel movies with my best friend from home. And, um, cause I have never been a Marvel girl, but then I watched WandaVision and <laughs> I decided that I would like to be. And so I'm <laughs> at the end of phase two right now, um, we're in the middle of age of Ultron and, um, oh, I'm sorry. I don't mind it. Well, okay, here's the thing. It came right after Guardians of the Galaxy, and Guardians of the Galaxy was like, shoot me, because I I like it standalone, Mm. but in the the middle of phase two, I'm like, I have gotten attached to this original crew. Yeah. Who are these people? Like, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, I, you know, so that was kind of a a weird placement, so I get that. I did not understand why they came at that point. Like, they shouldn't have been after Ultron, really. I agree. Um, but yeah, anyway, so long story short, I, and the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney plus, so I haven't seen any of them yet. So I cannot speak to whether Peter Parker's a girl boss, but I trust you. <laughs> you know, I, I do have to say you're going to have to rent them because they're so good. I know my friend has already volunteered to do so. <laughs> I'm mostly just excited about this rewatch because I, I really need because of how excited you get about things, I need someone to go into Doctor Strange 2 yes. with me and be as excited as I'm going to be for the the incorrectly named uh, Scarlet Witch movie. Oh my god. 
It will be me. Because literally, as soon as Wanda appeared in Age of Ultron, I did not shut the fuck up. I was like, there she is! There she is! I was so excited. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. It's me talking about Marvel again. Let's move on. (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about the theme of motherhood. I have to watch the fucking MCU. I can't believe. Yes, you do. If I had to do it, you have to do it. If 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 it helps you feel any better, I have not watched all of them. I've watched maybe like a few that I liked and I was like, that'll do. (laughs) Which ones have you seen? Um, So many. So I watch a lot of reaction people. So technically I have seen every single one. But I've not actually seen them all in full because I just watched the people reacting to them. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the original Avengers, then Age of Ultron. Um, I've seen the first Iron Man, both Captain Americas, uh, all of the Spider-Man movies, except I haven't seen No Way Home, but because someone spoiled it for me on the day that it released. Oh, I had I wasn't because obviously COVID, we were having really bad COVID cases here, and so I couldn't go because I was like, "Hey, don't want to die." Um, and literally in the, I think it was like, we got it two days early here. So the fact that I managed to get spoiled two days early for the UK, like on the day that it came out, I was like, I don't want to see it now because I'm really pissed off. <laughs> um, but I found out like I literally found out every single thing that happened in the film on the day that it came out. Um, like someone spoiled the entire thing for me on a Discord server that I'm in. Like I just went into it, just opened it up. I think it was like a, it was like an avatar Discord server, which made no sense anyway. I was in the off-topic section, and someone had posted every single thing, oh. and I was like, "Well, not seeing that because <laughs> I know everything now." Yay! Um, but I've also seen like the I've seen all the films except for No Way Home that came out in 2021. So Eternal, Shang Chi, all these sort of things. I've seen all of those, and I've watched all of the TV shows, but I've not watched all of the films. I don't think I didn't watch Black Widow's film in many actually. I watched um, a compilation of just Yelena from Black Widow because that was the only That's thing all you I was need. interested in. <laughs> That's all I needed, um, just because Florence Pugh and Yelena. Um, I don't care for Black Widow. I've, I've never been a big fan, so I was like, I'm, I'm good. Um, it's only because I'm one of those people, I, if I don't like the actor, I don't really like the character. Uh, I'm not yeah. a fan of Scarlett Johansson because she, she, she sucks. Our Asian queen. That was the first thing in my head. I was like, the only thing I like about her are the memes about her, be- her being the Asian queen. That's the only thing. <laughs> like about her is the memes that have come out from it uh alongside um i think it was was someone did like a meme about when she said like i could p- play a tree and it shouldn't matter and someone put her face onto like the trees in the wizard of oz <laughs> <laughs> that's Maybe. bold though i i like black widow but that's largely because winter soldier is my favorite movie so far so. oh yeah winter soldier is really good this is the whole thing winter soldier should have been a black widow film I don't think it should have been a Captain America film because in the comics, Black Widow and Winter Soldier, he trained her. Like they, like he is the reason she is a Black Widow. Like he trained all of the Black Widows. Like he was. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, um, you're right. Yeah. I do love the Captain America movies, though. They might be my favorite, yeah. like breed, um, yeah. quote unquote, of Marvel. Um, 
But so, so I was happy to have it be that, but I honestly, it would be really good as Black mm. Widow. I definitely would have been fine with like Cap still being there, but having it be like a Black Widow main focus with just like these other characters in it, just kind of, she's still center and all these sort of things, but they're all connected because obviously Winter Soldier is still connected to Cap, but right. Winter Soldier is having a bigger connection to her because she's freaking out being like, shit, that was the instructor I had a crush on as a child. <laughs> um, and now he's here and damn, he's still fine. Um, and all sort of things. <laughs> they have like a relationship in the comics as well. Like they are full. Like I think they get married in the comics at some point as well. Like they're full, fully together. That's so weird. Yeah, it was. It was a thing. <laughs> Sorry, I've just realized you were just doing a break, and then I've just gone on the thing. <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff with it. Like. But because I know bits and pieces about the comics as well, it's why I don't always fully enjoy all the movies because I'm like, oh, I wish they'd done that. Because Age of Ultron could have been so good because in the Age of Ultron comic, Black Widow is the one who's worthy of Thor's hammer and destroys Ultron. Like everyone is basically defeated, nearly dead. And she hears the hammer talking to her. Right. And And that's why I was upset in like the, the, like little party scene when she didn't pick it up she was like it's okay i don't want to do this i was like you'd literally be able to lift it like i can just tell anyway yeah Yeah. it was disappointing but black widow was kind of ruined in that film which made me very sad but that's that's what's his face i don't even remember his name joss whedon i'm sorry to get him i refuse to learn it he's awful He's yeah. awful. He's so He's a bad. Terrible human being. Such an awful person. Yeah, and he ruined Cap as well. Like that whole language thing. It's funny, but he was in the army. All of them say "fuck." <laughs> like he would not care. Yeah. he'd be the one saying it. <laughs> you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> he made one good Avengers movie, one bad Avengers movie, and literally the worst Justice League piece of media that has ever been created yeah sad anyways motherhood (laughs) (laughs) where have we seen the theme of motherhood in these chapters (laughs) oh god well obviously the mother Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, yes i find like the whole scene with her i find really interesting because like during the day she's herself during the night, she's overtaken by this voice um, who forces her to basically verbally abuse her child to force her to do these things and mentally scar her in a sense. But as we saw in previous chapters, she's, she wasn't really any better even without the voice. Like, she was just as cruel to Hazel. Like, she even says when they're close to death and things are going really badly, just, like, that she was sorry for blaming her for the thing that she had wished for that she'd forced onto Hazel this curse because she is the one to blame she is the one who did all these sort of things and yet she put all this blame and all this emotional hardship on Hazel and it was just I I just really like the fact that there is this apology that comes from it even if it's in the last moments and it's really only just because she's finally been let go it's not like she was saying any of this beforehand because she knew what was happening she knew everything that was happening when she was taken over by the voice in a sense or had a sense of what was happening at least 
but she never apologised before that. It's literally at the very last moment that she does, which I think is both just a sign of who she was as a mother as well as, like, a vision of motherhood in general. Sometimes you you screw up as a mum. Like, you're not always perfect. Like, parents aren't perfect because they're human. Um, Emery is, like, a perfect example of that. She really screwed up as a mother in that she did not treat her child the way she deserved to be treated. And even if it was at the last moment, she at least recognised that and let Hazel know that it was never her, it was always Marie's fault and she should never have put that on her shoulders. Um, and I just thought it was like a really lovely moment of just showing the, the fallacies that, not fallacy, is that the word? Probably is, I'm sure, whatever. Um, of motherhood that comes with it of like, not everything's perfect, sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's awful. But at the end of the day, there is still usually a love there, obviously not in all cases based on reality, but there was still a love there between Marie and Hazel, no matter what had happened previously. Um, I just really liked seeing that because it's a reflection on, like, most of the, like, parent parental relationships we've seen, except maybe Piper and her dad, have been pretty positive, like, for, for the ones that we know of. So seeing one that is this complicated, I just think was really, really refreshing to show that not everyone has the best relationship with a biological parent. Yeah, I thought it was a really nuanced and beautifully tragic writing of of a mother-daughter relationship. I think I think when when they make this into a series that uh they need to like have like one episode is just this story kept all together because this 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 is almost the story of Marie Levesque told through Hazel's eyes as much as it is Hazel's own story. Mm-hmm. And I think Marie's story is very sad and it, it kind of shows how the, the, the actions of someone can be from a good place and being like being somewhat one who uh, grew up and stayed in poverty and was a person of color in Louisiana in the 40s. Like, what, like, a hard, like, difficult situation she was in. What she was driven to do to help to, like, with the hopes of getting out. That, like ended up giving her things she didn't expect. Like, I, it really, Marie Levesque didn't want to be a mother. It feels very, that feels very clear to me. Like, she wanted what Pluto could give her. And what someone in poverty wants from a rich person. Like, this is a situation of, like, whether he's a god or not, this is a a rich white man coming into uh, a poverty stricken community and uh like sleeping with a a woman of color and then abandoning her and leaving her with a kid Mm. and like that's that's a like real story whether he's a god or not that's such a like real reality and it kind of shows that like the last thing someone in poverty wants is another mouth to feed yeah 
that's what she's given and she's given what she wishes for, but it comes at such a steep price and it's so complicated. And then like that drives her further to look for more help. That is even more complicated. You just like, it's such a clear story of how like poverty stricken communities are driven to, to crime or illegal activities because they, it's their only option because when you don't get help from above, you're driven to find ways to help yourself. And so it's like, you can't really blame Marie for anything she's done. I mean, she definitely could have been nicer to her daughter. Like you can blame her for that. She was like, but you can kind of understand where like you can, it's still sad. Like whether she, she behaves like a good person is to up in the air, but it, you, I, you can't help but feel like awful for her because it's not her fault of anything that has happened to her. Like she was only trying to save herself and then she was trying to a better life for her and her daughter. I think this is the one thing that just like, just from you saying that, like the whole thing of her saying to Pluto, of him asking her what she wanted, she was like, I want all the riches. And it's like, oh, there are consequences that come with that. Didn't say what they were. Like, he didn't explain. There was no actual explanation. Like, all she's thinking is, I want I want to be able to get out of poverty. And he does not explain remotely what that means. And add to the fact that, yeah, he, like, Hazel has the whole getting riches. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> getting the riches from, like, the ground. They don't ever get out of poverty. Like, he's, in a sense, tricked her into believing that these riches will lead to financial success. And it's like, yeah, there are consequences, but he doesn't explain that these consequences are, it literally makes no difference, which yeah. just feels like a lie that he's just played of like, yeah, no, I can give this to you. And, you know, you can maybe get out of your situation. Psych, not true. And it's just, it's really sad to think that like, he does this whole thing because of her wish and it literally made no difference whatsoever. If anything, it made them more in poverty because people thought she was a witch that was killing people. And, like, it just, yeah. The gods suck ass so much. They really yeah. do. Healer gave her cursed child support. Yeah. Yes, what yeah. was the it's child like support? Not even that... It, it start, it, it's not even that it doesn't make a difference. It, like, actively destroys lives because mm. hazel brings up cursed like precious stones from the ground so it's not even it like his phrasing of like oh well there are consequences is like so is like understatement of the year because it's like not even consequences it's like detriments like it's like consequences is like oh like you'll get it but you'll also like you don't even get it yeah <laughs> they don't even like it's there is no consequences. There's only detriments to the situation, and like of course, because Pluto is a god, it would not be explained. Yeah. It's like it's not like a, a Aladdin wish situation where it's like you'll you'll get the girl and be a prince, but you're gonna have to lie. Like it's no like and but. It's just like yeah, all bad. <laughs> Literally all bad. It's like a pun like. When I was reading this, I was like, she was, it's like a punishment for greed. 
but there was no greed. It was necessity. So I don't know. I, I, I do feel like Rick sort of wrote it as Marie was getting punished for being greedy. And I think that he would not even, I feel like he like explains this story of like, Oh, Marie was way too greedy. And then she was punished for it. But like, no, she wasn't <laughs> like, she was like, she shouldn't have like, yeah, that's how I read this is that like, she was being greedy and like, she was punished for it. And then she realized her mistakes by the end, because like, she has a really sweet line where it's like, Hazel, you were my gift all along. Like I didn't need, like, it was like sweet, but like, I don't know. That's how I feel like Rick like framed it or that like this whole general idea was framed of like Marie asked for money and that was greedy. So she got punished. Yeah. That's why I think it almost accidentally means more looking at it like now through such an, like, cause that's definitely like when I first read this, that's exactly the message that I got was like, Oh, be careful what you wish for. Like, don't ask for too much. But, like, yeah. reading it now as an adult from, um, like, a more critical lens with a better understanding of the world and a perception of, of, of poverty and uh, social yeah, systems and uh, welfare and how the world works, it, it's almost a more impactful story mm-hmm. about, like, how people in power take advantage of the disenfranchised. Yeah. And, and I'm not I, even entirely sure Rick meant it. I don't think he did. <laughs> like, he did it. So, congratulations. <laughs> that happens a lot. There are a lot of things I noticed. I'm like, wait, Rick, no, that's a bad thing to say. <laughs> I don't think you meant it that way, but that's how it's come across. What have you done? Yeah. I don't know what that voice was. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I like that. It's funny. Um, but yeah, that does happen a lot. I feel like Hazel's story does have a lot of that. Like the whole message of like, don't be too greedy. But then also, like, I know I gave like a huge props earlier to like Hazel's like sacrifice of being like, no, I won't do this. I will save us all. But at the same time, this is like an issue that sometimes that comes with Hazel's character of her being a very passive and somewhat submissive character which like I feel like isn't like the best thing in the world that this character from a time where like an incredibly difficult period of segregation insane amount of racism living in poverty and being treated like horrifically like she describes having stones thrown at her in Alaska she was like hey she lives with that witch in the what was it a boat shack thing is that it? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and just being treated awfully by these people. Definitely not just because she lives with a witch. It's also probably because she's black. And it's just... Oh, there's there's a lot of issues that I just kind of have with how Hazel ends up being written as this character that doesn't... Like, she has this whole scene after the fact that they were throwing stones at her and she was like, oh, but, you know, I don't blame them. I'm like... Why? They're throwing rocks at you because they're assuming you're a daughter of a witch. Like, 
like it just it feels weird because that happens a lot like there's a mo and oh, no I can't talk about future stuff damn it um, <laughs> um <laughs> but there's just quite a few moments of that in future where I'm like I, I don't that's why, why she's being like yeah no that's fine I understand your feelings I'm like but would you like I know this is a lot of stuff like that just reads really weird in like now context sort of situation yeah the there are a lot of themes in her overall story about like greed and like what it doesn't mean to ask for too much power it's so odd because I think about that and I'm like wanting money is not a bad thing like I don't know I think about that and I'm like we are in a capitalist society that crushes the people who do not have like the amount of money is the 1% and like are the same amount of money as 1%. And so I just don't think it's bad to not want to suffer. Like I don't. <laughs> and also there's that. And then there's also the idea of like, be careful what you wish for. I'm like, that's, that doesn't, that idea doesn't make sense with greed because be careful what you wish for to me is about tunnel vision. Like whenever I, here like be careful what you wish for it's always like we're a little too general and got focused on like one thing and i'm like okay like i don't feel like that's that important it's certainly not relevant to hazel's story um she she and her mother like neither of them ever have this like crazy tunnel vision where all they think about is like their finances and if they did that would probably make sense considering they're like a working class single parent family in like New Orleans and stuff like, you know, so it's, it's just that I have some interesting feelings about the introduction of those themes um, and the relevance. Yeah. All right. Uh, Neve has to has to run uh, because she has uh, to pick up her sister, uh, but but we will uh, move on to sass moments. I'll text you my offering and yeah. But All I right. Okay. Goodbye. This was so fun. Right. Thank you for having on, friend. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh God. You okay? <laughs> Um, literally I stopped breathing for a few seconds because I inhaled water down the oxygen thing <laughs> and uh, I'm still in a state of wow I don't know how to breathe anymore so <laughs> so I was literally I felt it I was like oh, fuck no I can't stop dying whilst he was speaking <laughs> so very quickly muted myself and just like moved away <laughs> just so I could die off screen oh my god oh my i know i was like is Karen gonna die during this podcast recording no. oh. oh my god oh it was the worst feeling in the world it's only happened once before and at least it's always happened in really bad situations here on a podcast you know doing something fun 
Other time, you can cut this out of this. Other time, I was literally having sex with my girlfriend and I stopped to have a drink. And then suddenly could no longer breathe. And it was like the worst possible thing in the world that she had to get her roommate to check if I was okay. So I had to like put on like a dressing gown and everything and it was the worst. I'd never met her roommate at this point as well. This was our first time meeting of me dying in a dressing gown. Oh completely unclothed underneath <laughs> I, was like, I just needed to hydrate I'm sorry <laughs> it was God saying no lesbianism for you <laughs> oh my god and God said and God killed you <laughs> oh god it lasted way too long as well like I was literally unable to breathe for about like 10 minutes <laughs> oh my god and they were like That's oh so god scary. how am I going to explain this in A&E <laughs> so that was a lot of like information you did not need to know but i'm like oxygen starved so i did not think that through as i was saying it you're good you're good oh god but yeah you could cut that out because i realize there are probably a lot of young people who listen who do not need to hear that (laughs) oh god okay all right i think i can breathe right now i'm good 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 okay (sighs) sasma yes i have mine um It's in chapter 20. Um, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Um, Let's see. A tiny dark object came sailing out the window and landed at the giant's feet. And then, um, continuing on, he roared in outrage. A ding-dong? You dare insult me with a ding-dong? He threw his cape back in the shop and it vaporized in the light. The monsters got to their feet. Several muttered hungrily, ding-dongs? Where ding-dongs? So funny, because that is just the most hilarious name for food i've ever heard in my life <laughs> you did did you have you not heard it till now no i have i just whenever oh. i'm in the grocery store i, I laugh a little bit <laughs> i've never heard of them i remember hearing it for the first time in an american tv show and ding dong does kind of mean something slightly different here in the uk yeah. and i was like they want a what <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's so funny, funny. um i've got one as well it's not really a sass moment but it did just make me chuckle just because it was weird (laughs) in the sense of like yes i love the play on words um and it's the can't grow in this can you she out go away you bunch of weeds leave me alone (laughs) schist said an angry voice from the grass (laughs) he's raising the eyebrows excuse me (laughs) (laughs) schist a big pile of schist it's so funny. it's very funny yeah i do like the anecdote afterwards which kind of like it was like that's abuse but also i like the anecdote <laughs> a nun at saint agnes's academy had once washed hazel's mouth with ice soap for saying something very similar i was like yes hazel's a badass yeah that was very fun. i really like that imagine telling a nun something like that oh god i can just picture her saying you know what you're full of shit and then just having that happen i'll say you know why that was worth it yeah (laughs) my moment is um at the bottom of 20 or 222 sorry i had a hard time processing that number um is suddenly there was a whistling sound wheat snarl froze he looked down at the golden arrow that had just pierced his chest then he dissolved into a piece of chex mix i loved that one <laughs> wait hold on you guys have something different written than that r says weetabix 
Also, it's Weetabix. He changed into Weetabix. Interesting. Is Chex Mix not a thing in the UK? No, I 100% if I'd seen that, I would be like, I have no idea what that is. So they, they changed it to Weetabix. That's so sad. Chex, Chex Mix is so good. What was it? <gasps> you know, it definitely says Weetabix. Yeah. Then he dissolved into pieces of Weetabix. <laughs> Full on change. What is Weetabix? So Weetabix... Oh, God, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so Weetabix is... I'm guessing it's sort of like a breakfast thing with what you guys... Is it always a breakfast thing or no? No. no. Oh, so ours is a breakfast thing. It's something oh, these are so different. Yeah, okay. so it's something you like heat, heat it up with warm milk and it like sort of dissolves and it, you t- it's sort of like a porridgey sort of thing that you can have for breakfast, but it's just like lots of wheat. But um, also, you don't have to heat it up either. So it's mixtures. So you can have it heated up to turn it into a sort of breakfast porridge, um, like a wheaty breakfast porridge, or you can have it cold with like milk and then do things like strawberries and stuff like that with it. Um, like there's loads of stuff that you can do for it. But it's like like way popular here, but it's very much a sort of breakfast, sort of brunch sort of thing to eat. So Chex is a, is a breakfast cereal. Chex mix oh. is like a snack mix. It's like, uh, it's f- like flavored and seasoned and it's like uh, the Chex cereal and pretzels and nuts and crackers and like all like mixed up. Oh, Oh, we that okay. That looks a bit like shreddies, except for the like sort of peanutty sort of things, or not peanutties. Um, God, what are they called? Um, the <laughs> what are they called? What are they called? What's the word, Fran? God damn it, you're a writer. Um, the uh, the things that you guys have that they do in the the ones. <laughs> the ones in the picture that are like a sort of. That are separate. They aren't like the things that like dough sort of stuff. Pretzels. Uh, pretzels. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that was way more stressful and difficult than it should have been. I would like to point out again. I was starved of oxygen just a little while ago, <laughs> so that's kind of my excuse. Watching you try to figure out the word for pretzel was very funny. Because <laughs> like, how do you describe a pretzel besides a pretzel? I know, that's why I was like, dough in a shape. Because <laughs> it's literally the shape is pretzel. Yeah. I, oh, God, that was so difficult. But yeah, as in, so minus those, that's what we would have, like a cereal for like shreddies is is similar to that. Wow. They could all use shreddies because Weetabix is very different to this. Yeah. Can you like this? That's why I, su- I was surprised with like how different of an item I don't yeah. know if I said item like that, but... Yeah, they should have said shreddies, because shreddies is, like, identical. Um, if you look it up, like, it, it looks like this checkmix thing. Wow. But maybe they maybe because it's, like, a specific name of a product, maybe they couldn't... I don't know. I don't know how these things work. I should, because I write books, but <laughs> I don't know what sort of product placements you can do. <laughs> I'm too afraid of being sued. Yeah. <laughs> That's not money. All right, before we jump into offerings, I have a, a, a quick message from a listener that I wanted to share about an episode a couple months ago now, but um, is important. And Theseus writes, uh, not Andrew Garfield, is Ava the straight one? Because if she is, this is even more unacceptable. On a related note, imagine Andrew Garfield as Percy, though. 
I did respond. I said, she isn't the straight one. And he says, let her know I am disappointed in her. Oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, calling me straight. How rude. No, I'm kidding. I'm, t- I'm totally kidding. Um, I took no. his <laughs> Quite rightly so. Listen, I just don't get it. He, I'm sure he's a very nice man. I mean, I don't get the sudden hype because I'm like, I liked him way before. <laughs> suddenly people think he's cool. I'm like, he's always been nice. Right. There's suddenly people, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, he was in Spider-Man now. So, well, he was Spider-Man. Oh, so anyone who's watched No Way Home, my bad, but I don't care anymore. I, th- I um, This episode's <laughs> going to come out in, I think, March. So, <laughs> Okay, that's fine then. At this point, if they haven't, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, like, that was the, it was suddenly a thing. I'm like, he's always been nice. You just hated him because you didn't like his Spider-Man movies because you're you're basic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. It was cool beforehand. So I get it, Ava. I don't get the sudden hype. And it's just like, come on now. He was always a nice person. He's right. always been lovely. I should send you some funny things of his, by the way, Ava. Not for the hype, but just because you'll, you'll, you'll get it. Right. I mean, he's a wonderful actor. He's so talented. But I just don't understand why everybody's in love with him. I t- <laughs> Like, I'd love to be friends. I would. And, you know, maybe it'll, maybe, if I could change this, I would. And maybe it'll change when I watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Who knows? Um, You have to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. I watched it the other day. It's so good. I really want to. Um, But I just, you know, more for everyone else. (laughs) But thank you for the message. I do. (laughs) I, I love hearing people's opinions. I think it's so fun. <laughs> All right. Offerings. Who are our offerings for? Hazel for being the best. Period. That's, That's the tweet. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I can't. I really can't think of anyone else who deserves an offering as much as Hazel in these chapters. I... I'm going to give an offering for a character who hasn't technically appeared yet. I won't say who it... I don't want to spoil it for Ava. You can just say a name. I, no, the per, it's, we're about to meet them in the next chapter. The person oh. who is sending the rainbows out of the, out of the convenience store is who I'm giving an offering for. This is where, if you have Greek mythology and Roman mythology knowledge, you're doing pretty well. You'll you'll know. Okay, so I'll be fine. But yeah, I just I I I don't want to spoil it because I know you're going to be excited. Okay. All right, who are we voting off this week? Hades. Hades. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, it probably should be Hades Pluto. I just I just like to cause drama. That's fair. <laughs> Plus, he didn't really do anything in these chapters. So there was really no justification. But at the same time, I think I've voted him off every single time I've come on. So I feel like I need to keep the theme. The trend. <laughs> the trend. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Ava, were you also saying Hades? I did say Hades, yeah. I wasn't sure if it happened. It seemed to happen at the same time, so I just wanted to clarify to make sure I got that right. Yeah. Um, I 
I'm going to change it up, though, um, just because I think Hades deserves the the votes off. But I think there are also people who also do bad. And I want to give my vote off for specifically um, Sorghum. Because he's he's always the first one to jump in and be like, and me too. And that's annoying. Very pick me of him. It's <laughs> funny. And I think we need to to vote off one of the carpoy. And I I felt personal beef with Sorghum. I'm having a moment. Why you, when you said that name, I was like, I don't recognize that name. And I'm now wondering, are the Kapoi named differently in the English in the in the British version as well? So <gasps> I just want to check. Wait, you have to look this up. I'm looking at it right now. Different grains? I know we do call things differently sometimes, but... um, Oh, no, it is sorghum. I just had a dyslexia moment, and I was like, I do not recognise it, but it's probably because I looked at it and just went, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It is sorghum. (laughs) It was just very much like, nah. (laughs) That's a word I don't know, so that's not... (laughs) That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, what is sorghum? I've never heard of that before. It is a grain. I definitely didn't know that. Uh, sorghum is a genus of about 25 species of flowering plants in the grass family. <laughs> some of the species are grown as cereals for human consumption and some in pastures for animals. Oh. Ah. So the least cared about type. That's probably why they're bitter. <laughs> yeah. We in Bali, we know sorghum, she ain't worth it. I think it's I think it's a gluten-free grain. Okay, so probably should care about it more because environmental care. Sorghum people can have, can't they? What? We no, we we is the is the biggest gluten offender. Uh oh yeah, no, I got really confused and I was like, wait, vegans can and then I realized wait, no, gluten. Gluten is an allergy that people have. And I got really confused for a second. I just thought it was a type of veganism. <laughs> I got really <laughs> super confused. <laughs> yeah. Wheat, wheat, barley, and rye are, um, have gluten. Sorghum does not. Honestly, okay, then fine. I will, I, as a gluten-free person, I feel like I should change my vote to barley. Because barley, barley behaves similarly bad. <laughs> That's so funny. But sorghum is gluten free. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, they were all annoying. I don't know. I I guess I it pains me to vote off Hades because I feel like he gets the short end of the stick all the time. But I'm like, he did some, some shitty shitty things in this chapter. Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying. Uh... I was just going to carry on with what Ava said. Just like, well, at least uh, Hades probably hasn't been voted off that much in comparison to the other gods because he's less shitty. He's still shitty, but he's less. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, folks. That's all for this week. Join us next week where we will be discussing chapters 21 through 24 through the theme of pacifism. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us on social media at Return to Camp on every platform that matters, which means Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, check out more information on our website, returntocamp.com. And if you like what you hear, please support us. Uh, buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi or um, send us a tip on Anchor. Uh, 
Fran, thank you so much for being here. It's been great. Thank you for having me on again. Would you like to plug anything for our audience? Where can our audience find you? How can they support you? Yes. Um, so I won't list everything because I do too, too, too many things. Um, but if you want to support my podcast, The Best Damn Camp, and that is Damn as in the joke, which I've come to realize that I don't remember if it was one of you guys here who said it wasn't the best joke, but I'm personally offended. Um, and <laughs> I named my podcast after it, but it's so it's the best joke just by default. But um, uh, <laughs> so if you want to find the social media for it, it is at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you want to pre-order and or buy depending when you're listening to this episode my short story echoes of the past which is the setup story to the into the world series the first novel of which is coming out this summer um you can go to my instagram at a dose of fran um, and it's in my link there or you can go to my website at francescamcmahon.com mcmahon is spelled weirdly it's m-c-m-a-h-o-n and then uh, hopefully you'll be able to find it and buy things (laughs) yeah and i'll i'll put fran's socials and fran's link tree uh in the show notes so if you want easy access you can you can look for it there yay (laughs) all right thank you bye bye Bye.